At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? Gil on vacation for the week. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in. Be here through Friday and I think next Friday as well. So we got a good couple of days here on the numbers game. Get through a lot of stuff. Jason Weingarten is going to be with us in just a couple of minutes as we discuss everything in Major League Baseball. Through a couple of the things that we were discussing yesterday, right, including that price on the Dodgers to win the NL West, lowest one we could find in the market, about minus 240. We'll see what Jason thinks about that in the long term. Buying low potentially on the Los Angeles Dodgers. But to update really quickly the board overall, because we just got done talking with Drew Dinsick. Uh, fantastic spot, vcin.com slash podcast if you want to go back and listen to that once those are up after the show. Uh, but we are starting to see small move here uh, in the market. Look, Brooklyn opened up a nine-point favorite, got to as high as nine and a half, pretty much everywhere that you looked. Uh, but now the hooks are starting to come off of the board. Westgate Circa right now, nine right now in favor of the Brooklyn Nets with a total of 227 or 227 and a half, uh, depending on where you look. And this is another one of those pretty fascinating box scores from the game ones, right? Again, talking about one, the theme of home team, shooting relatively poorly, 27% overall, no team over 33% from three. But this is interesting because the Nets, unlike a lot of the home teams that we talked about, right? You know, the Milwaukee Bucks were one of them too, but the Nets had a really poor shooting night in that game against the Boston Celtics in game one, and it still not only won that game, but unlike Milwaukee, they covered that game. And so you could really see in the second half the gap between these two teams, and so you wonder if a team that finished second in overall three-point shooting and that statistical regression we keep talking about or the positive regression, right, a team that is going to shoot as well as they do from a season is not going to shoot that poorly over the course of a series. And so you wonder how that plays out because in the second half, the gap was extremely apparent between these two, right? 
Offensive rating of 126.7 in the second half for the Brooklyn Nets, a net rating of 37.8. So extrapolated over 100 possessions. We're talking about them outscoring them by 37.8 points. And I came into this, look, I have two bets on it. I have the Nets uh, to win this series and four Nets to win this series and five because the gap is really large without a guy like Jalen Brown on the floor between these two clubs, right? The offense would fall off when Jason Tatum would sit on the bench. And then from a defensive standpoint, you used to have multiple wings to throw out there at a couple of these guys in the backcourt, namely Kyrie Irving and James Harden. You don't have that now. Now it's just Jason Tatum who's going to be asked on any given night to potentially score 40 or 50 points to keep his team in this and to keep up with a team like the Brooklyn Nets. And that's just not going to happen, right? Realistically, we know that's not going to be the case. And then you look at some of the other statistical, um, we'll call them you know, anomalies for the Brooklyn Nets overall when it came to their offensive night, right? Because overall in the game, an offensive rating of 113. But for a team that has the ability to finish at the basket that they do, only 15 to 24 within four feet of the basket, four shooting fouls drawn, but that's 62.5% for a team that was well within the top half of the league in terms of rim shooting. You expect that to get a little bit better as well. The short mid-range was relatively solid, but Harden, of course, is a master with his floater in that range of the floor. So there's just so many. What I find fascinating about this is there's so many categories offensively in which you can sit back and realize that Brooklyn would probably take a step forward in some of the statistics that they put forward yesterday, not yesterday, what was that game on Sunday? Like, they were so poor in a lot of the areas in which they were so good at all season long, and especially when those three were on the floor, that you can understand the market making this kind of an adjustment, right? We talked about yesterday how it didn't really make a lot of sense when you looked at the box score for Milwaukee to then drop that point spread a point, given the fact that what Milwaukee was doing was sustainable, and on top of that, there was some correction coming with their three-point shooting. In this case, you can totally understand a game that closed about eight and a half, given everything that happened in that game statistically, and of course in the second half with that offensive performance by Brooklyn, moving this from the eight and a half to the nine and a half that you see right now. So it'll be interesting to see if the market kind of comes in a little bit stronger again and potentially drives this number down from the nine and a half and again nine at a couple of shots but not really a lot and the other thing too that I'm really fascinated by one of the things that the Nets do extremely well that they didn't do well at all in that game against the Boston Celtics and Boston again poor defensively throughout the year come poor below average Brooklyn was one of the better transition offenses in the NBA last year or I should say this season they only average a point per possession in transition plays against the Boston Celtics. You'd expect that to get up a, a little bit more considering how frequently they get out in transition. 16.3% of their plays against the Celtics started with the transition play. You expect that to go up a little bit, and you totally expect the efficiency to kind of tick up a little bit here as well from the, Boston, from the Brooklyn Nets. So be interested to see if the market starts to come down and keeps, uh, keeps moving this in Boston's direction because there is a gap there. There's always a wild card that uh, Jason Tatum – will have the game that he did against the Washington Wizards in that play-in where he dropped 50, went 17 to 17 from the free throw line. But overall, this seems like a spot where we'll see what the market does with it. But I think a lot of people were surprised that the Celtics didn't end up covering that game, coming back thinking you get off to a better start. But uh, don't know if you can get off to the same start that you did. Overall, Brooklyn Nets, by the way, 9.5 versus Celtics in Game 2. Nets' biggest favorite so far in this year's playoffs since 2005. Favorites to 9 or more points have gone 108-88-4 ATS. That's courtesy of John Ewing. Welcome into a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. VSIN.com, VSIN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, of course, we are the betting network, and let's bring in Jason Weingarten, who's nice enough to give us some time today, filling in for Gil Alexander, and of course, 
he is gracious enough to grace me with his presence as well. Jason, thank you very much. Actually, I wanted to throw something at you that we were talking about yesterday and get your thoughts on it because uh, I love baseball but don't have the same mind as a lot of you guys do. One of the things that really stuck out to me when looking at the futures overall was there was like a low price of like minus 240. Uh, that was the lowest price I could find at least on the Dodgers to win this NL West. I'm curious at this point, is this a point where you're looking at like under 250? Is that a buy low number on a team like the Dodgers to win this division or is that gap between them still much tighter than that number? would indicate between them and the Padres I think I think it's a good buy low at that price um I got it I think I got it under 200 way before the season started when the the first numbers came out I thought that would be the lowest we see all year uh I think the Dodgers probably run away with the division still you know, you got to keep in mind that Mookie Betts has been hurt Corey Seager's been hurt and out Cody Bellinger's been out and they're still doing all right, all things considered, for having, you know, two of their best players out and a third one hurt, and they have a bunch of other injuries. I, I still think they're probably closer to 120 wins than 100 wins, and they'll get hot. They'll they'll have some some good weeks, and I, I do think they'll run away with the division. They're their heads and shoulders above San Diego still. Well, and you know, I was curious. So we ran a couple of numbers. We were showing them, right? And they're just general numbers. But if you look at it, like the pitching has been absolutely spectacular over these last 12 games, right? Or 13 games. You're talking about ERA for the team, 209. Whip well under a, a 1 to a 0.78. Batting average against under 150. But the hitting numbers for them as a whole, Jason, haven't really been that great. So they're like, there's still room for this team to improve dramatically offensively, no? Exactly. There's a lot of room for them to improve. I think they have something like they've lost 11 games by one run or something. It's, it's, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of negative variance. There's room for a lot of positive variance. So let's kind of build on this a little bit more. So we saw the Padres yesterday. They go, they play Milwaukee. Brandon Woodruff has another solid performance. Uh, fastball was absolutely electric. You know, this is his second appearance against them, second rock-solid performance against the Padres. What is it about Woodruff against this Padres lineup that matches up well against them? Because we've seen two fantastic appearances for him against San Diego this year. Woodruff just happens to be a, uh, you know, a, a top, I'll call him top five side guy right now, but there's, Probably top ten is better because there's so many contenders at the moment. He's just a really good pitcher, and uh, you know, I, I, my my thing with the Padres is I, I call them a hype team. I, I don't think they're bad. I just think they're overhyped for a team that hasn't won anything, and they they get a lot of media, you know, press. They get a lot of attention, and they hit a lot of home runs. Uh, I just don't think they're they're as good as everybody else thinks they are. I, I do think uh, you know I do think they're good. I do think they're very good. I just don't think you know there is you know they're not as great a team as everybody thinks they are. And Woodruff happens to be a better pitcher than most people give him credit for. I'm curious, like last year, you know, watching, you know, from a distance because, you know, doing most of the coverage for the NBA stuff and watching a little bit this year, is it fair that when I watch the Padres and at times look at them statistically, maybe dependent is not the right term, but that ball needs to be flying out of the park for this offense to have success, right? Yeah, um, I keep in mind two things. One, you're mentioning 2000, uh, 2020 baseball, the 60-game yep. season or whatever. I throw out most of the stats from last year. I, I just don't think... They're very helpful in determining anything that happened. Last year was just a really weird season. Um, but, yeah, Padres, Padres need the ball flying. 
And what worries me is that Fernando Tatis is playing with a shoulder injury, and it's the kind of thing that doesn't get better as the season goes on. Swinging a baseball bat as hard as you can is not conducive for a healthy shoulder, I guess. Nope. <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at a couple other things, big picture-wise, uh, before we get you out of here. And first off, I want to ask, too, was we stick in the NL West, and then we'll expand from this. Giants have lost three consecutive games. Uh, we know about the maybe the lineup not as effective for a long-term kind of stretch here. What's the staying power here for San Francisco at this point now as they've lost three straight, a game and a half back of San Diego, 28-19? Well, they'll be, they'll be fine. Yeah. I think uh, it, it's a little bit of a weird team. They have, like, the – the oldest starting lineup, oldest roster in baseball. It's a little weird how it's how the roster is constructed, but they do have good pitching. Um, I've I've told Gil before because he's a Giants fan. I I expect them to contend for the wild card all the way to the end of the season. Um, not necessarily sure they're going to win it, but you know it's it, stranger things have happened. They're they're not a bad team. I think I think they'll they'll stick around and make it interesting. I think they're they're an outside shot for playoff playoff spot. All right, so let's move on. Get a couple of games uh, before we get out of here, too. Jason Weingarten with us. Let's start with a couple of these NL games. So I thought it was actually really really fun game between the Phillies and the Marlins yesterday. So let's bring this back up uh, because the Marlins have had some success recently. They've won street, uh, three straight against Philadelphia. Sandy Alcantara, Vince Velasquez. Phillies lineup has been scuffling a little bit throughout the entire season, and Miami's pitchers have done a really good job against them. Uh, what is the thought here? Miami minus 125, total is seven. I bet Phillies overnight. Um small play on the Phillies. I think I got like 119 or something. I have to check, but I do like Phillies as a small dog still. Yeah, and right now opening price is about $1.26 and we do see some other movement. Actually, some spots as high as minus 135. All right, we'll move on from here. We get Jacob DeGrom back today. What does this mean when you see a guy coming back after a little bit of an absence here? We're talking about a price tag of minus 250, minus 270 against Colorado who got the win yesterday. Yeah, I can't can't recommend laying minus two fifty here, even against Colorado. I, I will be keeping an eye on the game just to to see how Degrom's throwing for Cy Young purposes. But I uh, I couldn't convince myself that I needed to play that game on on either side of that line. Another Cy Young contender, also actually on the same team as we were talking earlier, Corbin Burns taking on Joe Musgrove. Padres plus 113, depending on where you look. Milwaukee minus 123. Uh, what is the read here with Burns taking on the Padres tonight? I like over seven in that game, actually. Um, bet that overnight as well. I think you can get even money on the over. Uh, I like I like Burns a lot. I don't think he's going to win this high. I think he's probably going to finish in the top three, um, I have a big, big price on him to win. I think he's a really good pitcher. I think he's, uh, I think the Brewers are actually a really good team too. But uh, no, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not super convinced he's going to jump to Grom to win the Cy. So really quickly on that, as you talk about the Brewers, we've seen the bats kind of come to life a little bit recently. Is this a team that's got like some upward momentum at this point right now? Because it's pretty interesting to see a team with two pitchers of this caliber kind of floating around 500. It seems like they, too, have some really good room for improvement, especially offensively. Yeah, they have a very good offense, a very good infield defense, I think, is underrated. Um, their their divisions kind of it's between them and St. Louis, and you got – Cincinnati kind of on the outside fighting both of them. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I think it's it's tough just because St. Louis is such a across the board competent team that uh, it negates some of those advantages the Brewers have in terms of trying to win the division. But but they definitely have room to improve, room to get better. They've been in a little bit of a slump lately. I know because I've lost a little bit betting on them. Let's go to the headline today, and we can stay in that division. St. Louis, Chicago, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito. Uh, Giolito right now about $1.40, lowest price on the board, minus 137, seven and a half, shaded to the over at minus 125. What's the analysis here? I took uh, I took St. Louis. I like uh, I like Flaherty a lot. I think it was actually going to be one of the better games on TV today, uh, if you like pitching, if you like both these guys. Uh, Flaherty's kind of moved a lot in the side odds too. He's a uh, you know, second or third favorite around there, but I, I think he's he's a really good pitcher. I'm a big Flaherty fan. So I'm curious. I wanted to ask you this because as a guy who doesn't bet Major League Baseball, obviously as often as you or Gil or anybody else, one of the tools that I like to use is looking at a lot of the discrepancies for these pitchers. You know, handicap pitchers more often than not in best bet first fives, but like a discrepancy between an ERA and a FIP or an expected fielding independent. You know, there's like a discrepancy between Giolito and his numbers, and we know that Giolito is a little bit better than his earned run average would indicate. Is that kind of along the right track for somebody who's starting to get a little bit more into handicapping baseball as now we're in, you know entering the postseason? season uh, for a lot of these other sports people take up baseball betting as we get into the summer is that a tax to kind of take am i on the right path when i look at baseball like that in terms of evaluating pitchers yeah i mean it's definitely you know drilling down on the numbers helps um i always tell people that typically models tend to pick up all this stuff as well um so a lot of times it's already baked in they know that there's you know a guy might have a higher era than his underlying numbers might indicate um, so a lot of stuff, it's, if you think you found something that's, you know, hidden, it's, it's probably already baked in for, for the most part, but definitely, you know, analyzing the game like that and breaking it down critically is, is the right way to go as opposed to, you know, you, you hear a lot of people still doing stuff like batter versus pitcher and you're just like, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this to yourself? All right, well, let's go. Let's keep with these interleague matchups. These are probably some of the better ones on the board. Uh, Dodgers and Astros, Clayton Kershaw, Zach Granke. We've seen a small move. It hasn't really been a lot, though. We're looking at a buck 20 on the road for the Dodgers against Granke. Uh, even money coming back, total of eight and a half shaded to the under at minus 120. I think the sharp, sharp side here would be the Astros today. I'm not, uh, not rushing to bet it. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Dodgers fan, so I'm, I'm always hesitant to lay against them, especially against the Astros. I just can't stand the Astros. But the the sharp side here is definitely the Astros. If you're if you're looking looking to to make money betting baseball, I would not back the Dodgers in this spot. What about the other one, Atlanta and Boston? I, you know, I'm a for, I'm an Angels fan, so former uh, former Angels pitcher Garrett Richards. You always like to watch him at times. Uh, in the past, he'd been absolutely fantastic. Seems like he's pitching a little bit over his head if you look at some of the numbers, though. Not by a lot, but a little. Morton and Richards, you're looking at Atlanta minus 110 on the road here, total of 9.5. 9.5, probably going to get close to the over, especially yeah. if you get that Atlanta bullpen involved early. Um, I've been real impressed with the uh, – the Red Sox this year have not been as impressed with the uh, with, with the Braves, um, but if, if I was betting that, I'd, I'd probably bet the over. So I know that you've probably talked about this a lot, but this is my first time asking you, so bear with me here. But as being an Angels guy and watching them flail year after year, 
if they win like 71, 72 games, is this still Otani's thing if he maintains his performance? Yes, I call it the Mike, Mike Trout precedent. Mike yeah. Trout has finished first or second in the MVP vote in seven years, and in those seven years, he's finished first or second. The Angels have made the playoffs once and won zero games against <laughs> Kansas City that one year. So, yes, based on Mike Trout, you know, the, the Mike Trout precedent, Shohei Otani could absolutely win MVP on a 70 or 75 win team, especially, I mean, it's just, I, I've had this conversation with so many people, but it took, it took until almost last week for the market to kind of recognize the uniqueness of Otani's skill set that he's pitching and throwing a hundred miles an hour and hitting home runs and, you know, one, one off the lead. What else do you want a guy to do to win MVP? You know, MVP is about individual success, not team success. And there's only so much that one player could do in baseball to carry a team. And, you know, I, I just can't see how anybody can make the argument, a baseball writer or otherwise, that there's a player in baseball more valuable than the guy hitting home runs and starting every week for his team. It doesn't make sense to me. So, I, as I noted, I am a pessimistic Angels fan, so this is probably somewhat hyperbolic, but is there a team in Major League Baseball history that has done less with the level of talent that they have had over the last few seasons, specifically now that they have Otani and Mike Trout on the same club, although Trout is now hurt? You know, I, I would I would have to, to, to look to answer that better, but I, I would say maybe some of those 90s Dodgers teams with yeah. Mike Piazza and the, the four or five straight rookie of the years, Never really. I don't think they ever got out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, those '90s, uh, the what do you call them? The, the '90s Rangers teams had so much talent. You know, Juan Gonzalez, Jose Canseco, Ivan Rodriguez, et cetera, et cetera. Just so many guys came through, and they didn't do anything either. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you look at Mike Trout. You look at got. Not just Trout, but uh, Anthony Rendon and Shohei Otani, three of the best players in baseball, and just another listless year for the Angels. Yep, good fun for the uh, the Halos out in SoCal. All right, but last ninety seconds, really quickly. You know, as as the other postseasons like NHL and NBA kind of take center stage here, uh, when it comes to some of these future markets, you know, whether it is like to win the whole thing, whether it's some of these awards, you know, at this point, is there any value in looking at some of these awards or futures and finding some spots where the market might have fallen asleep at this point? Sure, there's there's tons of value. Um, for example, I bet. I bet Cody Bellinger at a thousand to one to win MVP last week. Um, thought I was getting a good number there. Uh, I think Acuna is a very good player, one of the best players in the face of baseball. But I don't think he's a runaway MVP, especially when you look at. And I'm sort of contradicting myself with the Otani thing, but the Braves, you know, are they going to win the division? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I could think of a bunch of other players on non-division winning teams in the NL right now who are putting up similar numbers to Acuna, Acuna, um, specifically Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker. Not nearly as sexy names as Acuna, but they're putting up spectacular numbers, and there's huge odds available. I saw 33 to one on DraftKings on uh, Castellanos. I saw 100 to one on Winker. Uh, you can get really good numbers if you want to pivot Cody Ballinger. You know, he missed a month. He's coming back. He's going to be in the middle of the best offense in baseball. Uh, Those are the guys I really like in the NL. I still think there's value. 
betting on DeGrom. Uh, you know, you can get him 275 plus 275 at Westgate today. That's, that's a good number. We're up against it. I am sorry yeah. about that, but we can follow him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. Thanks for the time this morning, though. Thank you very much, dude. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Welcome into a numbers game show is presented by BetMGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander this week and next week as well. Uh, a very quick mention, maybe we get into this later in the week. DraftKings Sportsbooks released the college football win totals today. Man, you got to love living out here in Las Vegas and going to a school like UNLV. There was only one game that UNLV has included on Chris Andrews' games of the year. They're a 23-point underdog to Nevada, win total one and a half. So, all right, yeah. It's always good to be a fan of a college football program. I could tell you a story, though. The peak of UNLV football for me, my freshman year, they played Hawaii. Omar Clayton ended up winning the game on a touchdown pass late. Man. Let's just say it was a lot of fun. 
A lot of fun, put it that way. Uh, all right. So we did get an award yesterday. Can we – I have looked like a thousand times over. Do we have a schedule when these awards are given out? Because I had no idea that was happening yesterday, and I have been Googling and looking, and all of a sudden I'm like looking at my screen, and Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson are sitting there together, and he has the Sixth Man of the Year trophy. Now, I did find out that TNT is going to be giving these awards out. They're going to be letting the guys know. So during these days in which TNT has the broadcast, maybe we are going to sit back and have an idea that, hey, this is a day in which we might give it some of these awards and we do have two TNT games tonight, so maybe that's going to be the case. But regardless, Jordan Clarkson wins sixth man of the year. You see this in terms of the stories for the odds from John Ewing. Clarkson opened up 9-1, to closed minus 500, was very high, got as high as minus 1,000 during the season at spots like DraftKings. I'm also jaded because, look, I had Joe Ingles at 12-1 to to win this thing. Um, thought it was a pretty good number. Still think it is. And it was pretty good in favor in terms of the ballot for Jordan Clarkson. But I think really... When you look at this, it, now we kind of, I mean, we've had precedent for a while now, but there were a few things that, to me, why I stuck out with Joe Ingles, right, and betting on Joe Ingles. First off, from a statistical standpoint, Joe Ingles had like a historic shooting season, whether it was going to be from beyond the arc, whether it was true shooting percentage. The guy was so insanely efficient this year. It was absolutely nuts. But I do think that we, and we've had this for a while, but the precedent for an award like this, right? Because so many of these awards are really weird and subjective. Most improved player, you know, defensive player of the year. How do you gauge that when there's nothing really, you know, solid in terms of numbers and analytics that tie a guy defensively in terms of being a dominant defender outside of the eye test, right? Six man of the year, though, it kind of just goes to the guy on the bench who's scoring the most points. And I made the mistake of thinking that, hey, look, and there is this trend kind of going in this direction, right? Joe Ingles did finish second. He got 26, 27 first place votes. And I think in a lot of these awards, right, the wind has changed towards analytics playing a very big part in these guys winning a lot of these awards, right? Nikola Jokic, for example, despite the fact that his team in three is actually nothing to sneeze at, but Nikola Jokic was going to win this award and the, the, you know, it would move in his direction, the market, because statistically, analytically, he had one of the best offensive seasons like we've ever seen. He was absolutely incredible, played in all 72 games, but you're starting to see this kind of shift. And so I felt comfortable looking at Joe Ingles and going, hey, you know, 12 to 1, market's a little off there. Should probably be closer to like 5 or 4 to 1, which is where it ended up kind of heading in that direction. But it's kind of clear at this point right now, at least my takeaway after watching Jordan Clarkson win this thing, is the fact that really, in reality, sometimes it is as simple as we have seen. And six minutes of the year is just going to go to the bench guy that scores the most points. It's regardless of efficiency. It's regardless of shooting percentage. Because remember, even down the stretch, you know, Jordan Clarkson didn't have the most efficient second half. We're talking about like 40% from the floor, 30%-ish from three-point range. But it didn't matter. He was an inefficient scorer, but scoring is really what, you know, I think brings you this six-man-of-the-year award. So it's just something I think you keep in mind as we go forward. And as we look at this market, as we get into the future, which backup player is going to have the opportunity to potentially win this award. But I also think there's one more takeaway, too, by the way, because I saw a lot of pushback on this when it came to the Ingles thing, not so much the scoring. Remember, there was a year in which Lamar Odom won this thing, and he had played in over 30 games. He had started over 30 games. So... Just keep that in mind, too, as you're looking at some of these guys. As long as a majority of their games are coming off of the bench, they're still going to be in contention for this award. So Joe Ingles, of course, had a really good chunk of games when she started when they were starting to get shorthanded. And he's, of course, one of their first guys that comes off of the bench in terms of being a starter. But that won't really deter you unless you play right over that halfway mark. And Joe Ingles started quite a few games. And I saw a lot of people kind of 
throw that in his face in terms of not being eligible for this kind of award, but it actually did work out. So regardless, congratulations to Clarkson. And this is one of those awards that the market moved on pretty quick. Clarkson looked like he was going to be the guy for a while. Again, in the middle of the season, reaching as high as minus 500, but it's, or excuse me, minus 1,000. But it is fascinating because remember like two weeks ago, he actually reached as low as minus like 120 when all those ballots were starting to get released, right? So it's kind of a thing that works in your favor when you can watch all these ballots get released and maybe some find some value. But regardless, good story. Jordan Clarkson gets a massive award and is covered. Okay, on the other side, two more games to get to in the NBA. We'll just discuss those really quickly before we bring in Dwayne Colucci, manager of the Race and Sports over at the Ramparts. Get his thoughts on all the NHL contests tonight. Not that many, but we can also look at the series overall. We had a couple of teams, right? Florida, Minnesota, extend their series out and stave off elimination. What does that mean for the series price and for those teams and potentially forcing a winner-take-all? We'll get Dwayne's thoughts on that coming up in about 15. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Baseball season is in full swing. Get it? So it's a perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN and experts give you all the tools to make most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial. Take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season. At vcin.com slash subscribe. Also, uh, vcin.com slash podcast. Jason Weingarten was with us earlier. He was absolutely fantastic. So you can get that once the show's over. And you can find all of your favorite vcin shows. But vcin.com slash podcast, including the Lombardi line, which is next. And, of course, when that's over, you can find that up at vcin.com slash podcast. All right. As we distracted ourselves during the break with pictures of old-looking Johnny Knoxville and talks of Frank Bensel III or whatever, whatever the hell his name was uh, during the golf tournament this weekend – couple of games that we haven't really touched on at length for the most part in the NBA and just at least get my thoughts on. And I wanted to discuss this because I do have one play that I have made in the NBA for tonight. And on top of making an adjusted series price bet, by the way, do we have the adjusted series prices on this? We talked about this yesterday. I bet the Clippers at minus 140 to win this series. You know, some spots this is now up to like minus 180 for the Los Angeles Clippers to win this series against the Dallas Mavericks. So this is something that tonight, obviously, this is going to be a very big game for the Los Angeles Clippers, not only to at least take one on your home court. And you can see the adjusted series prices there in the Western Conference via BetMGM. Clippers minus 180, Mavericks plus 135. And we know that the game later tonight will be massive. But here's a couple of things, right? Again, it sounds kind of ad nauseum. It sounds like we're repeating ourselves over and over again. but, But it's really important to drive home the fact that when you looked at some of these box scores, when you realize some of the things that went down in a lot of these games, you can really find paths towards you know, some positive regression for a lot of these teams, which is why I laughed quite a bit after this first game over the weekend that everybody was burying the Los Angeles Clippers, not realizing all of the positives that this team actually put forward in that game against the Dallas Mavericks. Right, The fact that you had that offensive rating of over 120, despite the fact that you, as the best shooting team in the league this season, shot only 27% from beyond the arc. So... Look, as long as we get a couple of adjustments here from Los Angeles, because this is really important, right? You can't really adjust on three-point shooting. You'd expect that just corrects itself to a certain extent. Are they going to shoot 40% tonight? Don't know. Probably not. But are they going to shoot better than, like, I'd say 36%? Yeah, I think so. And that probably makes a massive difference in a game that eventually was a 10-point deficit. 
But regardless, there's a couple of things here, right? One, the alleged game plan that we're going to see a little bit more Kawhi Leonard on Luka Doncic. I would expect that comes later in the game, not immediately right away, right? Given the fact that we did see Kawhi kind of gas out a little bit in the fourth quarter, did not look great. He is dealing with a foot injury that he has been talking about a little bit now. So you'd expect that you save those minutes for kind of crunch time, right? Against Luka Doncic in this contest. But you would also expect that you're not going to see the willingness to not only put a Patrick Beverly type on Luka Doncic, but for him to go out and hunt Ivica Subac. The one thing that made a big difference, I thought, in the second half for Los Angeles, and ultimately didn't result in a victory because he needed better offensive performance, but was the fact that putting out a smaller ball lineup, right, with a Marcus Morris at center as opposed to Zubac, who had been playing extremely well, but still found himself in a lot of mismatches with Luka Doncic, who just kept going after him, possession after possession, that's going to help them out a lot more. So I'd expect you see a lot more of those small ball lineups with Marcus Morris out there to kind of stem the tide there a little bit. When you see those possessions with Kawhi Leonard defensively on Luka, you'd expect a Morris to be able to match up with Kristaps Porzingis as well because that's what Kawhi was throwing out there to do in the first game. So all of this put together... I think I have. I know I'm going to get a better defensive game plan from the Los Angeles Clippers. I think I'm going to get that statistical regression. I still think what they were able to do on the offensive end that allowed them to post that 120 offensive rating is still sustainable on a game-to-game basis. So with that, I, I leave the overnight with the Clippers at six. We're up to seven right now. And six and a half are, should know, still popping up. I, I think right now, double-check the screen, but you can still find six and a halfs that are out there if you'd like. Uh, no, across, well, no, actually, here you go. Caesars, William Hill, Stations, and the Mirage out here in Nevada all have those six and a halfs out there. So you could shop around to your market and you could see whether or not you can find that six and a half. But regardless, this is what I was at because I think there is some correction coming. And I thought Drew Dinsick brought up a really great point when we were talking about this series and talking about this game tonight, where if you looked at this game in game one, this was a game in which both teams had less than 90 possessions, according to Cleaning the Glass. That is not something that benefits a team like the Los Angeles Clippers. I think they want to get up and down a little bit, a little bit more. It allows them to get the ball out in transition, get easier buckets within four feet of the basket. They don't want this half-court game where Doncic can sit there, pick them apart, choose his matchups, you know, run guys like Avicii Zubac's dude over there and get screens, get them switched onto him. It benefits the Clippers to run a little bit more. It also benefits them to get Doncic involved on defense a little bit more. But regardless... The point is that this is probably going to be a quicker game. The efficiency will still be there for both of these teams for the most part. 215.5 is the total right now. This opened up at about 217. Now at the point where this is potentially looking like a game that will go over the total. I know last time out, right, very slow pace, but still really good offensive efficiency. If this picks up just a little bit, I think that this is a game that is going to be higher scoring than the one we first saw. So, again, laid six on the overnight at seven pretty much everywhere else. Six and a half still out there if that's the number you want to get to. And then we get here. Lakers. And Suns. This is pretty interesting because, again, we see the market move all the time, right? And throughout the regular season, I think we noted this yesterday, but we saw all the time the market generally hedge in the direction of injured star is not 100% or injured star is not going to play, right? And so we see the market do this. Right now, the Lakers are one and a half point favorite with a total of 209 and a half. It is now moving to two pretty much everywhere across the board, which is pretty interesting because uh, by all indications, you're getting Chris Paul out there. The percentage of Chris Paul, right, in terms of his health, the little Street Fighter bar above his head that tells you how healthy he is, we don't know how full it is. But for the most part, it looks like you get Chris Paul. But the market moving this strongly in this direction is really fascinating given what we saw from this Lakers team, especially from the offensive standpoint. The fact that DeAndre Ayton completely outmatched Anthony Davis 
right? And you see that right there, the updated number here too. So that's, this two is pretty much everywhere now at this point, and this is moving now. So unless I missed something in the news, I haven't seen anything that Chris Paul is not going to play. But now we're starting to see the market kind of match itself here and get to two across the board for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I, I, I understand that this is the better spot for the Los Angeles Lakers, right? You play the physical play in game against the Golden State Warriors. You have to come back and play this team, slower-paced, half-court type of team that's really going to make you work on the defensive end. It doesn't set up very well for you. Don't know if I want to lay two, but I did get involved in this series. Lakers over at Circa were even money to win this series. You can still find you know, even money in that side. You can still find like minus 105, depending on where you shop for your numbers. But I do think that the Lakers are going to win this series. I thought it was a six-game series. This situation tonight bounces back a little bit more. The Phoenix Suns still have their issues defensively, right? Bottom-tier rim defense, very worst defense in the league in terms of transition. All things that the Lakers can take advantage of. You're going to see a little bit more of Anthony Davis at the five tonight as well against the Phoenix Suns. And all of those things they think are conducive for the Lakers to win the series. However, I think this should still be like Suns, like pick minus one. I don't know. It seems like a pretty good overreaction to make the Lakers a two-point favorite. So from a game perspective, won't bet it. But I do think the Lakers are in a better spot to win this tonight. So it took them on an even series price to win this bad boy against the Phoenix Suns. All right. We're all done with the NBA analysis. On the other side, we get to the ice. Dwayne Colucci is going to be with us. Discuss all these series that we saw last night. How we move forward. Remember, we had the big market correction in Toronto. So we'll talk to him about that. VGK, of course, gets taken down. So we'll see if that series, that series extends one more. If the Wild can take another one in that series and much more when we come back here on the numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. 
For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. No Gil JVT, but we can still remind you that to step on the court with BetMGM for a chance to win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 wager on any player to win the French Open in Paris. Any player serves an ace, you win $100 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get your slice of the live betting action with BetMGM. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan's disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522 if you're in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, Dwayne Colucci, nice enough to give us some time on this Tuesday morning. Head honcho manager over at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. All right, Dwayne, let's start in our own backyard here. Vegas Golden Knights in front of a pretty solid crowd. Take one on the chin. Series gets extended. They are up 3-2 over the Minnesota Wild. One of the better offensive showings for Minnesota. And VGK, again, struggling to find the back of the net against Minnesota. Uh, your takeaway as we move forward here with the Vegas Golden Knights of this series. The, they're still in a pretty good chance, obviously. But now you got to go back to Minnesota. Pretty tough place for them to play. Yeah, that was a tough game to lose last night, especially at the Fortress, John. I mean, that second period was just total domination by the Golden Knights. And, you know, Talbot just played fabulous. Uh, I I believe the shots were like 24, 25 to 1 in that period. And that's just a testament of how forceful the Golden Knights have been imposing their will, but they're still not able to uh, close out the series. So it was a very interesting game. I thought Mark Stone played fabulous. Uh, you know, uh, if anybody was probably Flurry, that was probably the weakest link, giving up the three goals there at eight shots at one point of the game. So, you know, they have to get a little better goaltender play. Some of those goals, uh, you know, they were tough to stop anyway. But I was kind of perplexed. I thought after the second period, going into the third period, that that momentum for the Golden Knights would have possibly carried them to victory. But a total credit to Cam Talbot. Uh, Dumba played fabulous. Even Parisi was chipping in a little bit. And we know he has his documented problems with uh, Coach Dean Everson there. And, uh, you know, it just it, it was a credit to Minnesota. I got to say, they really played harder in the third period. And the Golden Knights were not as dominating in that period. But total credit to Talbot. He carried them on his shoulders. And they ended up winning in the Fortress, sending it back now to Minnesota. Yeah, pretty fascinating series 
series, if you look at it from an analytics standpoint, even strength, course before percentage, and the two losses for the Vegas Golden Knights, over 60% for both of them. Actually, last night it was nearly 70%. They dominated in terms of shots, but could not do it in both losses. So you'd expect pretty good correction when they take the ice next. All right, Dwayne, let's talk about a couple of the things that transpired last night. Uh, first off, what do you make of the kid from Florida, and what do you make of the chances here now for the Panthers? Uh, this kid comes out, right? You get a performance in which in the first 50 seconds, you give up a goal, pretty tough one. Tampa Bay's all over him, generates seven high danger chances in the first period alone, but he turns them all away, and the Panthers get a 4-1 win and extend this series. Have they found, Florida, the answer in goal? Uh, maybe they have, JVT, but I always, I'm so leery of picking a team that has such a, now it's an immense goaltender controversy. Yeah. I mean, you've gone through three goaltenders <laughs> against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And no, I just don't think Florida has enough, even though the kid was lights out. I mean, uh, it was just incredible the first period. Knight made 37 saves overall. He had a 973 save percentage. I believe now, uh, between the regular season and the playoffs, he still has a perfect record. But I still have faith in Tampa. If they bring that pressure, and, you know, they're just so deep, JBT. I mean, you know, even guys like Sorelli, Hedman, these guys really step up. And then you complement it with Kucherov and naturally uh, Sergachev and Stamkos. They're just so, so deep. And I think they really rested up their key players at the right time prior to the end of the season. They came out, made that statement early in this series against Florida. I think Vasilevsky will outplay the young rookie in the next matchup. And, uh, you know, let me give you, let me give Florida credit, though. Hornquist played really well. Uh, you know, Declare is all over the ice. Forsling, they got some really good players. But I just think that Tampa has a little too much firepower. I think they will make a statement returning back home and uh, I think they're going to win the series. All right, so let's talk a little bit about last night, and we can tie this into today because Toronto and Montreal are going to go at it again tonight, Dwayne. And this was one of the bigger line moves of the year. Actually, it was the biggest one, right? Some spots opening as low as a dollar thirty-four, dollar thirty-five on Toronto ends up closing in the range of a dollar eighty. South Point Rampart closes a two-dollar favorite here. The Toronto Maple Leafs they get the win two-one. Statistically, even strength, they have been the better team for the most part. There's a lot of numbers that go in their favor. And now we've seen the market correction, right? Today, Toronto opens up in the range of a dollar eighty favorite after opening up at minus 130. So you'd expect the market to make some sort of a correction after that lopsided of a move, Dwayne. But is this too much of a correction tonight against Montreal? Yeah, even as a bookmaker, JVT, I think it's too much of a correction. Last night's game, they did not dominate the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal really applied pressure, similar, not as effective as the Golden Knights, but that third period was totally in their favor. And what you saw was Jack Campbell standing on his head. And I won't say he outplayed Carey Price, but he made one extra save that Price could not make last night. And it looked to me, like a goaltender's duel. I think Cole Caulfield is definitely an immense addition to Montreal. He He's so quick and clever with his hands. You compliment him with Suzuki. I think the Habs have a phenomenal chance. And, you know, uh, you do have to take out the crowd element. That's a huge factor, John. But I, I think definitely playing in the Bell Center, they could turn the tables. And uh, I think the correction is a little too much. I think we might see some early Toronto action, and then the Sharps will get some late 
late buyback on Montreal tonight. I think the Canadians are in a good position. I'm not seeing Austin Matthews and uh, Mitchell Marner dominate the way I felt they possibly could in this series. It's, it's more Nylander doing his thing. And I just think that Montreal has to get a few more uh, schemes involved and some more potent attack is, attacks and rushes on Jack Campbell because I do believe Carey Price is the better goaltender out of the two. But last night, Campbell was phenomenal. This is not a lopsided series. I think that definitely Montreal could get back in this tonight. And it's very important. Tonight's a back-to-back. Let's see how Campbell and Price react on the back-to-back because I believe they're both going to be between the pipes once again. So tightly contested series. Uh, the other that, I mean, I didn't think there was like an inch of daylight between the two clubs was New York and Pittsburgh. And then you get the mistake oh. in double overtime yesterday by Tristan Yari uh, to, turn the, to turn the puck over and immediately give up the game-winning goal in the second overtime period. So in series like this, Dwayne, right, not only do you get the dominant you know, third win in this series, uh, but series like this, mistakes like that obviously make a massive difference. And now the Islanders get to go back home with the potential to close this thing out. You know, it's, it's foolish to ask what kind of peril Pittsburgh is in here, but what do you make of their chances to bounce back? It's a pretty tight line, but basically a pick across the market. Yeah, it's a difficult place to play, too, John. I mean, you go to Nassau Coliseum, that's a very intimate setting. Uh, it's just a hockey-driven arena. The crowd is going to be super. You know, Jari made that mistake, and that was pretty huge. They were playing evenly matched. I know Pittsburgh had several more shots, and you could see how Malkin added to that offense. is definitely making a difference. But, you know, Gensel had some chances, Sid the Kid, and they just couldn't cash in. Sorokin has been unbelievable. I mean, this kid has just come out of nowhere and just has been able to stabilize the New York Islanders. And, you know, they're getting great play from Barzal, Bailey, all these guys. Uh, you know, Jean-Gabriel Pajot has been playing well. I think that this is going to be a very difficult game for Pittsburgh. We saw it last year with their backs against the wall. They exited in the first round. They haven't been that effective the last couple of years in the playoffs. I think Jari will play fabulous, but uh, I don't know if he could outplay Sorokin. I mean, the kid had uh, 48 saves in this last game, and his save percentage, 960, was just ungodly. He was there. He was quick with the gloves. Like I said, Nassau Coliseum, a difficult place to play. That's why you're seeing Pickham at the South Point in the Rampart. This is going to be just a great, great matchup. Pittsburgh is going to have to bring their A game to win this. Yeah, Dwayne, really quickly before we get to the uh, the last game tonight, like home ice and moving back and forth now between um, you know uh, buildings with these clubs and these series. How are you guys handling that? Because I've been asking the question from an NBA perspective. I just find it pretty interesting a series this tight, and yet the two games we saw in New York early in the series, those were about a minus one ten pick price. Like, is is Pittsburgh really that much better than New York? Because the statistics say these are pretty break even teams. Yeah, definitely the statistics do, but what you have is definitely the public in the back of their mind. They remember the flashy names, the Malkins, the Sid Crosbys, you know, so definitely anticipating, pre-anticipating betting as a bookmaker, John. You know that you're going to get just a little more money on Pittsburgh just based off reputation. Plus, you do see last night, I mean, 50 shots to about 20 
8 to 30. They are sort of getting more shots and slightly outplaying the Islanders, but the Islanders' will and team leadership and the goaltending has swayed the series back now in their favor, especially going back home. So, no, Pittsburgh is not that much better. It's just we are pre-anticipating what the public may be thinking in the back of their mind and also calculating the sharp action. And when you are seeing shots that are almost 2-1, to one, you know, you do see that Pittsburgh is getting a few more chances, but the Islanders are able to deliver on their chances and are very concise. The goaltending, Barry Trotz is just a fabulous coach. We know that. And he also sways some more money back towards the Islanders' way because this guy just is a phenomenal head coach at the NHL level. And I think these teams are very, very evenly matched, like you said, John. So, you know, when you're taking that bookmaking stance, you pre-anticipate a little more Penguin money. But we know that the Islanders' sharps are out there. Can you give us the quick 30 seconds here on this Nashville Carolina series? Big price here on the Hurricanes after two double overtime losses. Well, they looked really dominating in the third game that they lost, but I mean, Saros has just been fabulous. Nashville was able to even out the series. I mean, early in the season, I believe Carolina won the first six games of this matchup. Then uh, Nashville won the next two. Carolina 2, Nashville 2. This is a tough series, JVT. I like Carolina's chances at home, though. They skate so well. They're so quick. This is a tough spot for Nashville. Saros will have to play masterfully to win this game. $2 price tag on Carolina, Rampart, and South White. Dwayne, racing sports manager, Rampart Casino, last name Colucci. Dwayne, good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. You got it. I really appreciate it, too, Dwayne. All right, we're all done here on a numbers game. Lombardi line coming up next. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.